If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. Severe MMA. 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 The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 348 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the David Humphreys of Irish MMA Media. MMA? MMA? MMA Media. Uh, Graham MacDonald, as we talk about uh, a pretty big week in the world of mixed martial arts outside of the UFC. A new promotion emerged, uh, ish, kind of. Uh, Bellator came back with a card as UFC next week. Uh, and a bit of uh, news like uh, uh, w- along with that as well the Irish had a great time at the uh, at the IMAFs and all of that so we will get into all of that uh, in a second we must tell you here that this episode of the podcast I why can I not speak this one is brought to you by our good friends over at Manscaped and everyone knows what's coming up lads it is Valentine's Day and Cupid Day Cupid works hard in February but our friends at Manscaped are working even harder to ensure your Valentine's Day is one to remember don't turn this day of a romance into Independence Day this year and get in control with their performance package 4.0 with uh, which includes the signature Lawnmower 4.0. This February, join the 4 million men worldwide and use that promo code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping contrary to proper relief. Love is not blind when you can't see past that jungle. I know myself and Graham fed Manscaped for a long time now in this performance package 4.0. Uh, it, w- <laughs> it will leave you with more dating na- app notifications than Cupid has had arrows. No wonder the two of us are loved up. The love bundle comes around equipped with the best two needed uh, when freshening up for a night out in the town. Uh, as I mentioned, the Performance Package 4.0 features the um, Lawnmower 4.0. It's an electric trimmer um, designed to trim hair on loose skin. It has the ad- advanced skin tech technology, 4000K LED uh, spotlight as well, which is absolutely brilliant. Confucius says education breeds confidence, so it's time to get your education on the ultimate grooming routine for all your areas of romance this year. Uh, includes also the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer uh, and two free gifts to shed travel bag and the boxer briefs as well which are anti-chafing uh, for extra freshness, the performance package also includes Manscaped's li- liquid formulations, crop preserver and ball revivers, a deodorant for the balls, and then a toner to keep you going uh, after that. And then uh, let's not forget uh, the uh, southern region, not just the southern region, it's the northern region too, and the cologne is very good for that. It's a cherry on top of the perfect date package, Pepe Le Pew approved, that offers a masculine yet light scent that will leave your lady speechless. Manscaped, as you cover this Valentine's Day, get yourself a gift that you and your day will both appreciate so go to manscaped.com for exclusive offer of 20% off and free shipping with that code severe mma don't forget to use it code severe mma remember you can't buy love but you can buy a clean pair of balls so that's 20% off and free shipping with the code severe mma at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com use the code severe mma help tame that jungle you have in your pants with our friends over at manscaped Right, Graham. Uh, let's uh, let's get straight into it. To be honest, look, this weekend it was one of those weekends in mixed martial arts where I suppose a lot of people listening to this podcast probably didn't even watch any mixed martial arts. They're probably saying, "Look, we got one UFC back. We have a week off, and then we get back into probably ten UFCs in a row. I haven't even checked it yet, but I'm I'm sure there is." Um, we obviously have some big title fights coming up. Big fights. Uh, all around coming up, Cerrone versus Lozan even was announced, and I'm not saying that's a massive fight or anything, but that's a fun fight to look forward to, and uh, others as well, Yan and Sterling, and Cage Warriors is coming back, and Bellator are coming to Dublin, and everything like that, so uh, there's some good stuff coming up. This weekend, 
it wasn't really it. I actually, we, we'll talk about Eagle FC as well. I actually enjoyed that a lot. Uh, and I, I have the video for that, about that coming out in Sherdog as well. But we will talk about it in depth here. But this, I just feel, look, sometimes with, with Bellator, we often talk about where they place their cards and uh, the, the timing of them and everything like that. And we always say they should have a card when there is no UFC on. And they did that. The problem with this is, right... Not a great card, um, a top of which was a heavyweight title fight with a champion that everyone kind of knows has gone down to light heavyweight and got absolutely destroyed in a couple of fights. Okay, we'll get to this fight and what happened, so maybe it didn't go exactly as we were expecting. We were talking about coming into this fight, um, and on the night as well of the Royal Rumble, which, which is a big thing that a lot of people obviously in America and worldwide watch, and even like non-WWE fans like the Royal Rumble. It's one of those things you mightn't watch anything all year. Especially as well when, like, why are Bellator not doing Fridays more often? I know they were going to clash with Eagle FC this week, but, uh, yeah, this week and, and maybe in in the future as well, but I feel like if they went on Friday, they'd have a better chance. They, they, and a better chance of not getting people who are watching the Royal Rumble, not getting people who are gone out on a Saturday night and people who are, like, staying in on a, on a Friday, go out on a Saturday, and put it on earlier as well. Like, it's way... Bellator is always too late. It's always too late. It needs to be earlier. Like, people... You, if you're Bellator, right, you need to make it as easy as you possibly can for people to watch. You need to get more viewers in. You need to do everything you can on the right decision. Now, they made the right decision to get it on the right weekend. To put it up against the Royal Rumble, like it was right up against the, the, the women's Royal Rumble and the men's Royal Rumble, and Ronda Rousey came back, and Brock Lesnar was there as well. So even if, you know, the, the kind of the the, the fans of yeah, both... Like, m- m- most adults don't like don't like. Yeah, uh, no, but, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but there's a lot of... Apart yeah, from, no, I'm only uh, joking. Yeah, I know, but apart from... No, it's definitely dividing the audience. Yeah. yeah, apart from the NFL and basketball, I heard Dave Meltzer talk about it, wrestling has the biggest audience of all so like wrestling's almost more important to avoid than other MMA it, it is unless it's the UFC and I, I don't know it just it's a bit senseless to me and it's also a bit senseless that if they did plan this right to have it on a weekend with no UFC and maybe they didn't maybe they're just making their own plans but if they did to have a card of this quality like they could have made it so much better they really could yeah. have uh, I don't it's know. not just in hindsight as well because we did it on the podcast last week I said you know with the UFC not having a card they, they should have come with a better card and you kind of mentioned all about like you know restrictions and stuff like that but surely like you know uh, a better card than this could have been put on okay maybe not like a full card but a couple of better fights on the main card or the, a, a better like the co-main event actually turned out to be a pretty pretty good fight in my opinion like in terms of there was like jeopardy in it and stuff but it, it just you know there was just nothing stand out there that was going to catch the casuals eyes as you're saying like and if people are casual fans and they have the option of you know the, the royal rumble or you know people they probably haven't heard of except for benson henderson and bader then they might have heard of then you know they're probably going to choose the the Royal Rumble as you said because I think Wrestlemania and Royal Rumble are like the two biggest cards of the year so they've been hyping this stuff for for months and uh, yeah I think Bellator I don't know how much planning actually goes into to what they're doing you know uh, UFC had have give gaps and they, they don't see or have gaps in the calendar every now and again and, and that should be that should be their biggest card they should be you know, uh, strategizing towards making sure that they have the best fights of the biggest names and the most exciting to casuals that they can on these uh, these weekends. And as you said, avoid they put it on a Friday. Like you know, Bellator on a Friday isn't a isn't an unknown thing. Like it's not going to throw people off. Uh, it there just doesn't seem to be that much planning going into it. It just seems to be you know we're doing what we're doing and not really worrying about what else is going on, which is which is detrimental to their ratings. I'm sure. Yeah. Our- even put it on a Thursday, like especially if you're running cards in not the biggest venues in America, like people will come out on a Thursday to watch something, like you know, and people will be at home watching. You'll get bigger viewers on a Thursday than you will, um, yeah. you know, you will. On you a might even get that, you know, the old WEC 
people really like a Thursday card and kind of mm. get them more interested, kind of roll back the years in terms of that, it might get actually a little bit more excitement. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, look, maybe that's uh, maybe it's been dictated by the TV channel they're on and all that. We, you know, there are ways around it. We were talking about not just Bellator or Scott Coker's decision making, but uh, you know, the, the channel they're on making those decisions as well. And also, just to, uh, to go from the Irish point of view as well, they keep putting it on Virgin Media Sports. When there's nothing on Virgin Media 2 <laughs> at that time, and I just like telly shopping or something, it's like, why do you not get it on? Like, they should be fighting for that tooth and nail, and also the Virgin Media should be putting it on as well. It should but, be on Virgin Media 1. Like, at, at that yeah, time of night, there's, there's never that, anything on yeah. Virgin Media 1. Like, yeah, if, if there isn't, like, live sport uh, during the day on Virgin Media, there's basically nothing to watch on it. Like, yeah. So. Put it on after Immortal. Like get the get the old fogies in there to watch it. It's still on the eye player as well. I forgot about that. That eye player deal. Just was... get the get the cop cops run in and uh, <laughs> yeah. you're laughing. That was uh, that was the best ever. But yeah, I suppose we'll we'll talk a little bit about the card here. Nothing blow away on it to be honest. Um, the undercard went exactly as you would expect it from a Bellator undercard. They put a lot of their very good up and comers on it, and every single one of them won. Sullivan Carley beat uh, Bin Parish. Uh, the fan favourite pretty easily. Although Ben Parrish did fight back and he did a good job surviving, but he only survived so much and got finished uh, with 25 seconds left in the opening round. Lucas Brennan, this guy looks an unbelievable submission artist. He moved to 6-0, and uh, defeating Bin Lugo with that kind of... What did he call it? An assassin choke? Is that what he called it? It was, um, it was like... A head and arm guillotine is how I, I would describe it. It was a weird joke, but very, very good. He, it was like an arm triangle. Yeah. Yeah. Like a guillotine joke. arm triangle. Arm triangle so, guillotine yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. I have seen something like that before. I suppose it's just like not a... It's a guillotine. It's like a mounted guillotine, except from side control, if you get me. Like, it's it was a, yeah, it's a very weird one, but it's a cool choke. And I love the way, as well, he hooked in the leg so Lugo couldn't get away. Like, if you watch it, it, it actually, the, the clips online don't really show it because he just kind of lost it uh, as, as the choke finished. But it, the damage was already done at that point. But that, that sort of one, you know, like the arm triangle, they always say you get your, you know, your belly on the ground and then you rotate away. And you get away from the choke and you keep rotating, keep rotating, and it'll give you a little bit of air. Brennan, you know, and I assume, as as no expert on the assassin choke or anything like that, but I assume that would be a similar sort of thing. But Brennan did a great job of hooking in the leg of Lugo and he couldn't move and couldn't, uh, you know, do, do the uh, the anti-clockwise movement or whatever. It's a clockwise, well, it can be either, I suppose. But uh, yeah, and he couldn't get away. So Lucas Brennan, I, I'd say he's a lad that Andrew McGahan in a few years will be talking about. And go, oh, this lad, you know, he's jiu-jitsu expert, but uh, he does look very good. Good. And his father as well was had a what did I say he fought in Pride? I can't remember. But Luke Lucas Brennan, a hundred percent Irish as well, reclaiming him. So today's bread today should be his nickname. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had a uh, his had, nickname uh, is Skywalker, is it? Yeah. Some stupid Lucas Star Wars Skywalker. Thing. It's it's oh, like God. Iron Michael Chandler. <laughs> like if you're there, <laughs> if, if you're going with Skywalker, and I've never even seen Star Wars, so I don't know. But you, I assume you have to go with Luke. Never seen Skywalker. any Star Wars, no. No, I watched the Mandalorian, but I haven't watched any of the Star Wars films. No, I've never seen any of them. Yeah, don't bother watching the the recent ones. But if you can go back and watch the the older ones, they're they're decent, but they're they're uh, pretty controversial, probably. But they're definitely overrated. Uh, Star Wars in general is overrated. Yeah, even the first uh, couple episodes that were meant to be the, you know, the first three episodes that are meant to be unbelievable are just overrated. Yeah, but they're still okay, like when you're a rubbish, kid. Like, yeah, when you're like, like rest. Patrick's uh, loves Star Wars, and I just kind of hold it over him that I've never watched it. It's more, it's more me just fucking trolling him than anything else. <laughs> But I will go with a lifetime long fucking winded troll. I, I've no problem do that, but uh, yeah, might watch it sometime. What in your man? Who's the director of Star Wars? Was his daughter fighting George MMA? Lucas. Yeah, remember his daughter fought in MMA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. No, uh, right. Uh, also, your man, um, your man from Storage Mikhailov. Wars fought in uh, fought in MMA. Do you know that? What's his name? Oh, I can't, Ivy. Ivy, he fought in storage. Uh, your man from storage wars, he fought in MMA. That's mad. He's one and zero in MMA. So fair play. Anyway, back to Bellator. Um, uh, Mikhailov, who obviously we know from um, fighting Brian Moore the last time, looked really good in this. Almost knocked shut out at the very start. Didn't wrestle him for a few rounds. Shook got a broad, bright idea to like attack him on the feet with his hands down. Almost got knocked out again in the. Uh, in the third round, bit of odd matchmaking considering you know Mikhailov nine and one. He's fighting a fellow who's now eight and six. 
doesn't seem to add up to me when he fought Brian Moore, who was on the bubble of being uh, being ranked in his last fight. So uh, a bit of odd matchmaking, but shot, like for a shot, it was a tough one because you go in there with a guy who knocks you down at the very start. So you'd be a bit wary, obviously, about the, the striking. Then he takes you down and wrestles you for 10, 12 minutes. And you're like, right, no, I forgot about that knockdown. Let's strike again. And then he knocks him down again. <laughs> and he's like, well, fuck it. And that was kind of the end of the fight. And Mikhailov ended up winning by ground and pound. But this guy, he's legit, isn't he? He's very much a, a top kind of pros- prospect to contender even now, I would say, in that Bellator 135-pound division, isn't he? Yeah, he looked he looked good. He dominated everywhere, but it, as you said, the matchup looked like it was that, that's what it was for. And you know, I can't resist the old. Uh, he pitched a shutout. <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, I don't even know what that means. No, uh, but I love it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think you know, as you said, it's kind of a step back from from definitely a step back from Brian Moore, and it it seemed like he was you know shut was there to lose so uh you know mikhailov did what he had to do but uh, i'll definitely prefer to see him you know step step up now again rather than go back to fighting guys who are kind of you know 50 50 records which which is a bit of a strange move here but uh maybe they maybe bellator were trying to get another opponent and it fell apart or something like that but uh yeah i definitely want to see him step back up again against uh maybe somebody in the top 15 next yeah, yeah, I, I would tend to, I would tend to agree with that there, Graham. But I, I, I still like him. I think he's good. Uh, then we Dalton Rasta, not a great fight at all against uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I, I was watching a bit of the Royal Rumble during this. I won't lie, and it was just like, yeah, not great. But he moves to six and zero, and he's definitely a good prospect. He hit Johnson with a few shots, but he uh, <clears throat> pretty good chin, and, and he was able to uh, to stand up to it to close out. Uh, the undercard and look apart from that at one stage it looked like Rasta might be able to kind of knock him out up against the cage or TK home and he went for a kind of not great uh, attempt it was just Mm -hmm. a strange uh, decision but obviously he's young in his career and he'll learn from their mistakes hopefully yeah I I think of all the prospects on this undercard he probably maybe has the most to learn possibly or or, you know maybe he's uh, not as far along as, as some of the other ones uh, it's a pity as well. Like this undercard was actually pretty good. A lot of finishing stuff, and they had the one kind of bit of a stinker in the in the main slot. So yeah, got into the main card. I, I know it doesn't make much of a difference. It's only on YouTube, but anyway, uh, the main card started off with a thirty-six second head kick, a massive head kick by Chris Gonzalez, who moves to seven and one. Massive win over Syed Awad, who you know has been around for a long, long time. Is what is it? Thirty-eight fights odd. Um, and he landed a big, big head kick. You know, we've seen Gonzalez around the place before. I didn't, like, I did a, a bit of a preview for this card. And this was one of those fights where I kind of, you know, I kind of look past it a little bit in that, you know, oh, Chris Gonzalez is getting a, an opportunity inside a while. But when you get someone like a while in Bellator and people know him, if you do knock him out in the way that Gonzalez did knock him out, I think that's something that people maybe will you know will remember and going forward, Bellator are very good at using things as highlight reels and you know showing you going forward. So the next time Chris Gonzalez fights, I'm sure that head kick will be all over the place. But look, not too much to analyze here. Good head kick, good finish by Gonzalez, isn't it? Yeah, it was it was a good win and it was an unexpected win in, in my opinion. Like looking at his record before, he kind of coming off a couple of split decisions over kind of not great guys and and a win over Roger Huerta before. Uh, uh, losing the Yamaguchi, so yeah, I, I definitely wasn't expecting him to come out and just blow the blow the roof off uh, or blow the head off uh, Saeed Awad with a head kick. All right, and, Connor Camlo. Yeah, yeah, bit uh, over over dramatic there, but um, yeah, it's definitely a big win for him. But uh, you know, if he's going to take a step up after Saeed Awad, I'd say it's probably not going to turn out too well for him. Um, you know, when you when you get a fight like this against a kind of name, like you said, a guy who's been around and had a lot of fights and you beat him in impressive fashion, a lot of the time you end up in a in a fight maybe you're not ready for, but uh, he's still early in his career. You know, he's, what is he, eight fights deep, uh, one loss uh, in his in the second last fight. So, you know, maybe, maybe he will turn a corner, but I, I wouldn't be getting too excited yet until I see a bit more from him. Only you could talk down a big head kick knockout now. <laughs> Only you. Only fucking you. But anyway, yeah, no, yeah. Like he did, he did a great job and it was a great knockout and all that. But uh, like you know, I, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be 
catapulting them into the, the the top, the upper echelon of the Bellator division yet. Yeah, and we're looking at the co-main event in a second. One of those two lads, you know, might be available. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight um, Peter Queeley, maybe. If Queeley was to get the win in a couple of weeks, I think that'd be a good fight. But fighting a 155, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that uh, Bellator would, would look to do uh, in the future. But anyway, we will see about that. Um, then the... Uh, Actually, there was one more prelim fight, and I made the same mistake last night. Uh, Enrique Barzola and Darian yeah. Caldwell. Look Jesus, <laughs> Caldwell, fucking hell. Oh, what did you think? He just has a way of blowing fights just constantly. Um, yeah, he, he definitely has a lot of talent in terms of offense, but his defense is just... I think he's like Melvin Gallardi. He's just never going to be able to, to do it. <laughs> he's just... You know, he's not going to be able to go back and fix the holes in his game because they've been exposed time and time again over years. And but he's 20, 20 fights deep now, and yeah, he just he just finds a way to lose fights that uh, maybe his he should win just due to his uh, his uh, defensive uh, liabilities and uh, you know limitations. I yeah I I would tend to agree, but Barzola is also a nightmare matchup I think for him because if you're look Darren Caldwell, we all know what he's good at. He's a fantastic wrestler, good on top, um, and will try to wear you down. But I don't think he has the best cardio in the world himself. Whereas Barzola is a pretty good wrestler, defensive, and even if you do hold him down, he has unbelievable cardio. He's an unbelievable chin and. Uh, an extreme amount of damage can be taken by him in past fights. And I picked him to win a decision for that reason, but he was down two rounds and, and two guards. And as you said, you know, Caldwell did find a way to lose, kind of. But Barzola found a way to win as well. He brought that pressure. And if he didn't have that cardio base, or if he didn't have that good chin, like Caldwell hit him with a big, big shot. I think, was it the start of the third or maybe the, the end of the second-ish? Uh, and Barzola just, like, walked through it. <laughs> like, nah, boy, nah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, even at the end, he could have, like, you know, he could have held on and maybe got a decision or something. But instead, he put, kind of puts his hand behind his own back and just, oh, just what are you doing? Just... Just yeah. eating shots and eating shots. Just you know, he could have like that, that situation. He could have got out of that situation and held on, and he, you know maybe went to the scorecard or the guy Barzola could have made a mistake and he could have capitalized on it. But instead, he just seemed to panic or I don't know. He just seems to make the wrong decisions in crucial moments. Yeah, yeah. It is like he's a bit of a front runner too. I think like there are fighters like that. He's good when he's ahead, but when he, you know, someone like Barzola refuses to go away and turns the tide on him, it's. It's a tough, tough life, and you you know it's hard to criticize that too much. You know we'd be probably do the same, but he's a world class fighter, former champion, and you know when you're getting beaten like that, it's it's not great. But Barzola, I think Barzola will cause a, cause a lot of people problems in that division. I think he's a very good. I saw a few people saying the UFC shouldn't let him go on. Watching him going up to this fight, uh, I actually would tend to agree. I think he's he's good and there's a lot to offer, and I think he'll do pretty well in Bellator. So it's a pity he's not in the um, in the tournament. But there's a few good lads like I think Josh Hill is that he's outside the tournament. Obviously Brian Moore fighting in a few weeks. I'd love to see Moore versus Barzola. That'd be a fucking great fight. Uh, or even Barzola versus Mikhailov. I think that'd make a lot of sense right now. I would really, really like to see that fight. So, I, you know, I think that I actually think they'll make that fight. And I think it makes a lot of sense. So, looking forward to, to that if it happens. Um, then we had Sabah Hamasi with Jalil Winnis. He won by a submission arm triangle. This, and he did it in, what, 102 seconds. It looked to me like Jalil Willis was just like, I'm winning this fight and I don't care. It was one another. He was throwing hands. Every time he get, he get, got near a neck, he went for it and ended up getting the, the finish very, very quickly. Um, Sabo Massey's the type of one of those lads. You know, he's like a side of Wad or a few others. Or a Henry Corrales, as we'll see, who has, you know, maybe not... Well, Corrales is a bit of a background, but maybe not the best record in the world, but he's a tough guy and a tough out, and if he's given the opportunity, he'll finish it. And he's used to Bellator and used to that cage. And, you know, at 170 pounds as well, there's a lot of fights there for him. There's a lot of people in that weight class. And if he can keep picking up wins, you know, he, he can keep... Like this... He'll keep getting places on the, the Bellator card like this as well because he's always, uh, you know, he's all, not always fun to watch, but he was fun to watch in this one. He got a got a nice uh, all arm triangle finish, but uh, yeah, we we'll, we we'll leave that there. There's too much to talk about that. Um, then we had the top three fights. Henry Corrales beat Aiden Lee by a technical decision. There was no 10-10 round here, unfortunately, but uh, the third, so the, the first two rounds, Henry Corrales uh, won both of them. Um, Aiden Lee, like Aiden Lee has all the skills, and it's it's weird, you know. He fights out of Team Renegade, which is 
you know, it, it's weird because I, I was saying it last night that they don't really have a head coach as such. I don't think, and you know, maybe I'm wrong, but a while back they didn't. You know, Tom Breeze was kind of running it, and all the fighters were kind of running it by themselves. Uh, and I was kind of thinking maybe that's maybe that's going against Aiden because he has all the skills. You know, he's a really good kicker, really good boxer. He moves stances really well, switches stances. He's good on the ground. Maybe not the best wrestler in the world, but very good jujitsu and a good defensive wrestler as well, which is more important. But he just can't can't kind of seem to put it all together. And I feel like it's it's more tactics than technical. You know, if that makes sense. And if I feel like if he had someone like a Greg Jackson just giving him a game plan, not even training him or doing anything else, just giving him that game plan, I think he'd move to the, to the next level. But then I was thinking, like, like, Leanne Edwards is a very good game planner and very smart that way. Fabian, not so much as well. I think Fabian is a, a similar sort of issue. Maybe it's an issue throughout that gym and maybe it's something they, they need to look at. Uh, but, yeah, either way, Corrales came in there and, and he won, I think, because of that. But Corrales is a good fighter as well. Landed some hard shots, almost knocked Aiden Lee out at the very start of the fight. Uh, if I'm, I'm done in my notes in front of me, if I'm not mistaken, I think that did happen, didn't it? And it hurt him again. Obviously, the eye poke in the end, you know, I, I thought I, there might have been a 10-10 round there, but I think all three judges gave it to Lee, if I'm not mistaken, and went 29-28. Uh, uh, Corral has won it anyway. Maybe there was one 30 27 in there. But, I think um, there was a 30. I think yeah, there might have been two 30-27s. Oh, was there? Maybe? Yeah, okay. Uh, but Corral is an underrated fighter. He's a good fighter, and this was a, a pretty high-level fight. Uh, what, what do you think of him? Um, you know, Lee, as you said, he just can't seem to put it all together. Maybe it's the transitions. Maybe it is the the game planning or the not having the head coach there, it's really hard to know what's, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. But I think, you know, uh, maybe he was just beaten by the, the, the better guy and the better man on the night in, in, in this case. Um, you know, Corrales probably, probably w- maybe w- would have finished him on another day. You know, it, it came close. It came close enough. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was, he was nearly finished or anything Lee, but yeah. So uh, it's, it's hard to know if it's, you know, what's going on behind the scenes is as, as we kind of say at the training camp, but I, I, I don't know. I think maybe Aiden Lee, you know, he probably, he probably was, was, you know, I, I don't know. I think the fight was only going one way. Obviously the inten- the unintentional eye poke was unfortunate and he couldn't recover in time and all that. But even if that hadn't happened, I think it was, the fight was only going one way and Corrales was going to win. So, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate for Aiden, Aiden Lee with the eye poke. He'll probably think uh, I, I could have got back into it. But for me, it was, it was, it was only going one way and that was for Corrales to, to either get a late TKO or to win a pretty comfortable decision. Yeah, I, I, I would, probably agree with you but I don't think Lee was, was out of it either but yeah, with the eye poke as well it wasn't one of those ones I saw a few people saying oh he was looking for a way out sure, his way out was a fucking loss so why would he look for a way out it makes absolutely no sense Definitely if, he, if, if, the, if the no contest was on the table then maybe you could yeah. you could see that angle but that wasn't the case no, he was it was either fight on or lose a decision pretty much yeah. guaranteed like he, he knew how to fight it went yeah 100% uh, didn't we Vincent Henderson versus Islam Mamedov uh, which was I, I spoke on the betting show about this that I was going to avoid it, and this was the reason I avoided it. You know, it was, it was, it was a good. It was fight. on an edge. Yeah, it, it was, was a, very, very close. Very close fight. Like in round one, um, look, Benson was kind of winning it on the feet. It was, it was relatively close, but then Mamedov kind of got the fight to the ground, and Benson went for a guillotine, and he made him defend and defend and defend for maybe ninety seconds. And that's effective grappling. I think that won him the round. So a good opening round for Benson. The second round, Mamedov had top control for the, almost the whole round. Benson was, you know, making him defend as well. But Mamedov landed enough, and I think he won that round. So it was one-one in the third. Benson was winning early, landed some leg kicks. Um, Mamedov had a takedown, but it was not on it. Benson went for the heel hook, and in Mamedov landed some nice ground and pound. And I thought, I thought that was enough. Did you think that was nice? I didn't. I didn't think so. I thought it was. Mm. So, so I saw a few people saying that. I mean, I need to go back and watch it. The, the, when I saw this uh, decision announced, I was very surprised, honestly. And I'm usually, you know, I'm usually not. Uh, maybe I need to go back around and watch it again. It, it wasn't. Look, it wasn't a robbery by any means or anything like that. But I didn't think it was great. I, I thought, I thought Mehmedov won with that last bit of ground. Maybe the ground wasn't as good as. Did you not think like when Mamedov was in that heel hook and Vincent Henderson was sitting there and Vincent Henderson had his head like against the canvas and Mamedov landed maybe six or seven kind of hammer fists or punches? Like I think he was kind of reaching. He was kind of like uh, I don't know. They didn't. They didn't look like they were doing anything to me. Like maybe it was because Henderson was kind of like you know 
dead panning it, but I don't, I, yeah, I really don't think there was much in that. I actually, you know, I thought it could have gone either way, but I thought Anderson was actually going to get the nod just due to the, the work early on the feet and a couple of shots he landed as well. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it was razor close third round. And I think, you know, the first round was definitely Henderson. The second round was definitely Mamedov. So it all comes down to basically how much value you put in, into those strikes and if that if those strikes did turn around the, the round. So, you know, I don't think you can, you can argue too much with the judges either way. Yeah, it a hundred percent. All uh, definitely came down to that last. What was it? Fifty fifty seconds ish with uh, with the heel look at him. Like I didn't think there was anything in the heel look at him because he had like the the triangle on the leg rather than you know turning over the ankle or going for the straight leg lock or anything like that. So there wasn't necessarily a submission there. Now was he working towards the submission? No, yeah, yeah, maybe. But he, I don't know. I, I just. It, look, if I go back, I and think watch Anderson those, was kind of waiting for the opportunity to turn it into a sweep, and it just yeah, and Meadows just never really gave him that opportunity. Yeah, uh, but when you put yourself into a position where you do, whether you they think they're big shots or not, where you do eat ten ish shots, you know, a few of which I thought were were big, that's not great for you, especially in a very close round. And you know, I thought it might have been enough, but it wasn't. It was definitely a close round, but I would have shot over it out, but. I would have given it the other way, but that's easy for me to say, sitting on my arse at home, uh, you know, 30,000 miles away, whatever it might be, but that could be, that could be viciously wrong. How far is it from Limerick to, uh, to Atlanta, Georgia, wherever this is, but anyway. I don't Look. think it's 30,000, but I, I think it's a lot less than that, but I, I have no idea. <laughs> 30,000 just seems uh, extreme. Seems extreme. Uh, yeah, but uh, look, a good win for Vincent Henderson. He he needed it. Uh, I think he, the people said this is the last fight on his contract. Uh, if I was Bellator, I'd keep him, honestly. You know, maybe not the most exciting fighter in the world, but a good name to have there. Um, How much is he on, though, I wonder? You know, yeah. they did take him away from the UFC kind of at the time, so maybe he's on a lot of money. But, you know, he is, he is still a former UFC champion, you know, a, a known guy um, to casual fans and obviously uh, hardcores as well. But in his post-fight interview, he said he doesn't know if he's going to fight again. So maybe I'd say he'll be back, you know, <laughs> it's MMA, like hashtag MMA retirements and all yeah. that. But, but, you know, um, maybe if he doesn't get offered the deal he wants, maybe he'll, he'll go somewhere else and try and make the most money he can before retiring in the near future. Yeah. Or in 10 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'd like to see Vincent fight again. I don't look, I don't think he is. I don't what think, he yeah. was, I don't but, think it's like, Oh God, you need to retire or anything yeah. like that. I think, you know, he has a if he good did, few fights left in him. He hasn't. Yeah. If he did retire to be great, he, you know, before he gets, before it gets bad because it gets bad for everyone I'd love to see him retire but I, I don't see it to be honest but anyway we'll uh, we'll we'll see how that pans out in the main event Ryan Bader against Valentin Moldovsky I think this was <laughs> look it wasn't a classic by any means but a better fight than I expected at the same time Bader won one and four got a knockdown early in the first Moldovsky won two and three uh, mostly in top position, and in the fifth was close. Bader landed shots in the clinch. Moldovsky got a late takedown, landed one or two shots. Don't really give a yeah. shit. To be I honest. think the I the elbows never... from Bader against the cage were the well yeah, won the fifth yeah. round and the fight for me. Uh, you know, it was a bad mistake by Moldovsky. Really, you know, he just kind of accepted uh, pushing up against the cage and getting elbowed and basically threw weight around in the fight. In my opinion, in that, and you know, didn't even put up. Didn't even move his head. Just made it easy for Bader to basically to steal around and steal the fight in, in that position. Yeah, if I was Ryan Bader's family, I'd be feeding him donuts, fucking subways, Kit Kat chunkies, ice cream, the whole lot, so that he never goes down. Battered Mars bars. Yeah, battered Mars. <laughs> everything, so he never goes down to two or five again. Because like Bader has looked absolutely shot at two or five. Looks so slow, and he came in here against Malda. Like Moldovsky. He's not the best fighter in the world. And I, look, I thought he, w- I thought he would win, and he almost won. It was a close enough fight. If you argue he won last night, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you. But um, he made Ryan Bader look like the Ryan Bader of old, and Ryan Bader is not that Ryan Bader anymore. I can tell you that for fucking certain. But Bader looked, Bader did look better. <laughs> he he kind of had to, I suppose. He looked, he looked better than he had recently. But this was one of these fights right, where it's like the old lad against like the new up and comer, but the new up and comer is not as good as people are making out at all. Like, he's a decision artist. He'll go all uh, For a heavyweight to have, like, fucking nine decisions out of 11 fights or whatever it is, I'm sure you have his record up there, Graham, you can tell us. That's not great, you know? That's And for him to also be losing Are you trying to, to disrespect Cole Conrad here or the, the greatest to go? <laughs> ah, he's a legend. Never mind that, but... Yeah, look, 
for a heavyweight unification fight, this was not this was not it. This was not and look it wasn't a bad fight, but everything that went into it, I just I thought it was poor. I thought it was poor. And it was Jesus Christ. To be honest, I like I, I didn't think it was that bad. It either, wasn't that like, bad of a fight. Yeah. It was alright, but I don't know. It's just poor quality and the fucking Congo fighting better next in France, Paris, Paris, France, Paris, France, France, Paris. Did you like Kuchek Congo's uh, cap, his hat he was wearing? Oh, right, well, strap. No, I didn't see it. Well, it was kind of oh, just did a stare down. He's wearing just, like hilarious cap, a little <laughs> strap under his chin. Yeah, he's like 47 years of age now. What a, what a man. Congo. Congo. Do we need to bring back Rogan for one of his, uh, so we can talk about how he, he'd win a scary man competition yeah. <laughs> during his whole fight, which he did for his whole UFC career. <laughs> Uh, what, what if he was fighting um, Husamar Pal Harris what would, they, what would Jimmy Smith say about him <laughs> it's like rolling with a fire hydrant yeah. everybody's like rolling with a fire hydrant though, so. you know Jimmy Smith is on uh, he's doing WWE now he's like their main oh really announcer. yeah oh, very good been doing for maybe six that. months or so yeah. he's actually really good, good? At it. yeah he's very good and he's like uh, there was an armbar at one stage last night and he actually called it as if it was like an MMA armbar he's like oh you have to straighten the straighten the, the thumb and all and you know like oh you're not going to get out of that and then they just like walked out of it <laughs> so we turned them in for our wrestling but he called it a shoot as they would say but uh yeah, I, I like I, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Smith. I think he's good, but he's doing like the play by play. He was not that for the UFC, so it's interesting. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm very negative on this fight to be honest. Uh, the 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 heavyweight fight, but it wasn't a, it wasn't as bad. The one the one thing I would give out about uh, Mike Beltran, let him fucking clinch for about four minutes at one stage. I think it was in the second round, maybe. It's like break them fucking up. I know I've t- I talked about this before, but God Almighty. We need to we need to stop that shit. We need to adjust that fucking rule in MMA or something where uh, the referees have more power to break them up. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awful, pretty awful. Anyway, right, let's talk about uh, Eagle FC forty four. This I enjoyed this a lot. It, very good matchmaking, first of all, from Eagle FC. I'll run you quickly through the undercard. We thought maybe more about the top five stint. Uh, Adagi Mehajin beat Madaev by unanimous decision. Uh, and a good kind of comeback win from him there. Like Rabazabov, who did a great job in the PFL, fighting for the million-dollar title, won twice. Uh, or fought for that twice, sorry. Won by a guillotine choke against Zach Zane. Sean Bunch won a unanimous decision. You know, Habib seems to love Bunch and all the commentators and stuff. We'll talk about those commentators in a second. Uh, but, you know, he didn't look great, but got the decision anyway. And good name to have on there. Beautiful win by Demarcus Jackson against Miles Hunsunger. Except it was a bit of an early stoppage and the referee jumped in there too quickly. Uh, Jorgen De Castro amazingly guillotine choked. Brimful Sean Asher. Uh, so that was good. Maybe fight at night, Dylan Salvador made uh, Arman Ospinov quit on his stool after the second. Landed a lot of leg kicks, but a lot of shots to the face as well, so good stuff there. Probably the most dominant winner of night camp for Raymond Megamedliev, who beat Anthony Injikowani and finished him in the first round. Also, Kurt Megamedov uh, beat John Howard in a pretty dominant one. He looks like a real top prospect, as does Megamedliev. And then we had uh, the top four fights, which we'll get into more in a second. Before we do that, what do you think? Of the, what do you think of the commentary, Graham? We had, uh, I think he's Cy- Cyrus is your man's name, the main play-by-play guy. Then we had Usman, obviously came in for the main card with Uncle Shales Hannon and Henry Cejudo. What were your thoughts in the commentary? Uh, um, yeah. Um, it's not My thoughts, good, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, you can't really say anything positive about that. It's absolutely a mess, but it's, it's early days, you know. Uh, they, they put on a pretty good card, so I don't want to, you know, criticize them too much but yeah you definitely need to to sort that, sort the, the, com- the commentary and the analysis out because you know a lot of the time that you know a lot of the time having like you know Chael Sonnen and stuff is entertaining for people but people who actually want to watch fights people who are watching Eagle FC probably want a bit more you know uh, actual analysis and I don't know. I think, you know, they definitely have things to improve on, but uh, overall, the whole thing w- w- was good. So I don't want to say, you know, too many bad things, but yeah, that's definitely a, a point they need to they need to work on. Yeah, I, on the commentary, I'll, I'll have a video coming out in this in Shardog, so I won't stay on it too much here. But I would say, I thought Usman was actually like really intelligent in the stuff he was calling, but was maybe getting into it too much. And when you four people in the mood, it's impossible. So it's hard to make a call on Usman. I thought Henry Cejudo was actually really good early when he was calling 
just the action itself and calling the tactics of the fight I think he was really smart and everything he said was correct then you know when he started laughing with Chael and he went a bit full Daniel Cormier wasn't great and when the four man boot was there then it was only the bad parts of it and Chael we know what Chael is you know he makes these mad assertions that are never right almost when they are right he sounds great but when they're not right he sounds he sounds really bad uh, so but I like maybe Chael. they can put Chael like on like a, the desk or something and he's just, great on the desk yeah, I, I look, yeah I, I don't leave, mind him, him. leave him there and, and just leave the kind of mm-hmm. yeah I know I know Chael's a big name and all that stuff and people recognise his voice and maybe that's what they're thinking but yeah it just didn't work yeah if like Chael needs to separate YouTube channel Chael from commentator Chael if he could do that I think he'd be a great commentator but he, he can't seem to separate him at the moment but I do like Chael in that role I think he's not bad and you know he hasn't done it in a while I don't think so I, I, I would continue with him for another while I would just probably uh, what I would like I'd like to see Henry Cejudo by himself because when he's by himself I, I think he could actually be good your man the play by play guy I don't think he was bad but this gimmick of saying oh baby like three times a fight he needs to stop that I know it's his gimmick and uh, they all like their, their things but we, look you look at someone like Brad Wharton he has his gimmick unbelievable he says it at the end of the fight nothing wrong with that you know Mike Goldberg had it back in the day and all, lots of commentators but when you're thrown off that, if you said, if Brad Martin said unbelievable three times a fucking round uh, for ten fights, that'd be a bit much. Like, <laughs> this, like it'd be like fucking Goldberg in the UFC yeah. game. The, yeah, the first exactly. UFC game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just saying it all. Uh, virtually identical. Oh, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, just all the catchphrases coming out constantly. Like it just. I wasn't as negative on the commentary, maybe as some other people. Not it wasn't great, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But, the but overall, you know, it's early days as yeah, well. You know, they they need to go through teething problems and stuff like that. So you know, if this was like a, a you know a Bellator or something, you'd be might probably be more critical. But yeah. you know, you're, you expect all these kind of problems at the start of a promotion. Indeed, I like their pre-show as well. Um, there was it was the dim four lads. Uh, no, it, wa- it wasn't Cyrus, lad. It was actually Habib there, and Chael was presenting it. That was really good. It was just the four lads getting down, kind of having a bit of a, a podcast preview in the card. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then you had Felicia Spencer commentating on the Carnerman, which everyone knows how much I hate when they show a Carnerman in the middle of the, the round. Uh, but commentating on Carnerman, and she was absolutely horrific at it as well. Though. What She was herself and Jin Sturger, I think is her name. Uh, they did like a thing where they were analyzing the next fight and stuff. I thought that was good. I thought I think Felicia Spencer's actually good, but that's a really stupid job. They need to get her off it and not get everyone off it and give her another job because I think she is good. But uh, yeah, for for that specific role, not great. But the broadcast itself was absolutely fantastic. I I casted it from Chrome to my TV and it didn't glitch once. Kept going the whole time. It was absolutely perfect. 1080p or whatever it was so that was absolutely fantastic so i couldn't complain about that too much and you know um i thought the graphics and all of that were, were pretty good there wasn't it didn't look amateurish in any way as you said look the commentary wasn't too bad we could make uh improvements to it but for a kind of a first show in disguise that was that was all around pretty good but uh yeah let's get back to the fights i suppose uh ray barge in against cody gibson this was very much a fight of two halves. The first seven and a half minutes-ish, Cody Gibson dominated Ray Borg, pieced him up, was making a laugh of him at, at, a, at a certain stage. You know, um, Cody Gibson was kind of pointing at him and goes, I'm going to punch you here. He's like, come on, punch me, stepping aside and then landing shots. But Barge turned it around halfway through it, came on, got a, a, landed a big few shots late in the second. I thought that second could have gone either way. I did give it to Barge, but... He won the third day and took him down. It could have been a 10-8 maybe, but um, Barg ended up winning the uh, the unanimous decision. Very, very fun fight. You catch that one, Graham, you did. It was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah, it all came down to that second round, really, as you said. Uh, I think Borg... Borg? <laughs> I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying the way you say it now. Borg, uh, you know... He probably did just enough with the with the flurry in the in the end of the second, and, and I think the first and the third were, were pretty obvious. So I think it was... Uh, just about the right decision there, and uh, it was a good win for Borg. You know, come, come uh, it looked like it was going one way, and he, he definitely, you know, needed to make it happen when he did, and maybe showed his uh, his top level experience there, and pulled out a, a pretty impressive win. Yeah, indeed, hundred uh, percent. Let's talk about the top two fights: Rashad Evans uh, against Gabriel Checo. I thought this was good matchmaking coming in, and that's exactly what it turned out to be. 
before I get into Graham, how did you how did you think Rashad looked? Because a lot of people are saying a lot of things after this fight, and I just want to get your take before I give mine. What did you think of, of Rashad? How he looked overall? Well, he didn't look good, but uh, as I said in the podcast before, it could have been one of the, these sad moments where you're you're looking at a guy that's been on top years ago, hasn't fought in a while, comes back, and it's really sad. But I, I don't think it was quite that. You know, he, he got the win, obviously, a uh, decision. He, he didn't look, you know, dynamic in any way or anything like that, but he didn't get destroyed and, you know, didn't look didn't look like uh, completely out of his depth, which I suppose is, is a little bit more than I expected, probably. So, depends probably what you were expecting from Rashad, and yeah, I think I think he looked quite good for what I expected. Yeah, and I think that's job done by the matchmaking there. To be honest, it was a good match made fight. Checo is not great. He can't really strike. He doesn't have much wrestling. Good ground game. Good jujitsu, and and when he gets on top, he's very good. Uh, ground and pound but Rashad you know that wrestling is not going to just leave him or that jiu-jitsu is not just going to leave him uh, and he was very competitive in that area I thought he was probably winning on the feet but uh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that to have people saying Rashad didn't look too bad is miraculous really I, like I went back and I watched early Rashad fights one or two of them I didn't really need to watch him this week but I did anyway and then I watched long periods of his last five fights where he lost and the one thing about those ones, and they were a good few years ago now at this stage, Rashad didn't look uh, physically unable to fight in that time. He still looked fast. He still looked like, you know, when he did throw, when he did go for takedown, when he did get into scrambles, that he could still go. It just seemed like there was maybe something mental there, or you've got to a stage of your, your career where you've done so much Hard analysis. Enough, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. But this time... I thought he didn't look physically able to do it, but he did have the head and he did have the, the heart was in it more. So it was, it was a weird one where if you could get that Rashad Evans from three or four years ago with this Rashad Evans now and this mindset, I think you'd have a very, very good Rashad Evans. But the fact is, I think that the physical side of it's kind of gone. Now, maybe it's not. Maybe it'll take another camp to come back. And I know he's like eating only fruit and vegetables or something they were saying, which cannot be good for you uh, if you're wanting to be a top level athlete and maybe the vegans will be at me, but it can't you can't like when you're when you're trying to get uh, to 205 pounds he only weighed in at 202 as well maybe he'll go back down to middleweight but uh, i don't know but uh yeah look it's a good win for rashad as i said uh, I, the one thing you want in matchmaking is an even fight right that and as well if you're in a, running a promotion like this an even fight that your guy can probably win and that's exactly what we had here so good stuff I can't, I can't complain about it if it's Habib or Ali Abdelaziz or whoever it is matchmaking these fights and I'm, but I'm sure it's not Ali you know I'm sure a, a licensed MMA manager would have nothing to do with a promotion like this over in the States where it's not necessarily legal I'm sure there'd be uh, sure there's nothing to talk about there but no, that, guy's, anyway. that guy's on the straight and narrow I wouldn't, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh god oh, why are you laughing oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh lord almighty anyway um, Sergei Haritanov then against Tyrone's Bong this weekend wasn't a great uh, old advert for heavyweight MMA uh, Haritanov Spong came out and he threw leg kicks hard early Haritanov actually did a good job I thought striking with him but then Tyrone Spong threw a higher leg kick after uh, Haritanov had checked a couple of the, the or one or two anyway of the uh, which would be a couple of the low calf kicks um <laughs> Haritanov caught that kick and he does the thing which we often see in MMA where someone tries to push the upper half of the body backwards while they pull out a leg which never works in MMA but it surely did work here for Haritanov and down goes Spong kickboxing it was hilarious like but you know uh, Spong did a good job of surviving the first round uh, Haritanov landed a lot of shots and you could see like a minute or two into the second round Spong's a minute maybe into the second round. Spong's face had really badly kind of swelled, and I that gra- like that ground about. I didn't think it was maybe as that bad, but then the amount of swelling you saw on Spong's face, it must have been. Uh, but you know, Haritana was able to get the fight to the ground again after Spong threw some nice shots to start the second, uh, and ended up getting the finish with ground about a bit of a, a bit of a mercy stoppage, I think, from the referee. But all in all, look, Haritana um, definitely deserved this. You can't stay out of MMA for nine years go boxing and doing kickboxing and expect to come back in against someone like Sergei Haritanov and win. I, I thought it was crazy that Spong was the favourite here. Checo was the favourite too. 
uh, madness in the betting lines. I don't think you'll probably get them again on Eagle FC, but uh, they'll be watching closer. But uh, yeah, look, it wasn't a bad fight. It, it was all right, but it, it, look, it was kickboxer against you know a veteran MMA fighter, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, uh, once once it wasn't on the feet, Spong just didn't. You know, he's just not doesn't have the game. And Haritano maybe isn't the best grappler, but he's been around MMA a long time. You know, he's got what forty three fights now. Uh, he just he's just you know, it's a different it's a different sport kickboxing. And if you can keep it on the feet, maybe you know that's what the bookmakers were thinking, putting him as, as a favorite, thinking maybe Haritano you know would strike with him and and did a little bit. But you know, once he knew how easy it was his method to victory in the, the grappling realm, he took him down. And as you said, it was a bit of a, a mercy stop. I think the ref knew that Spong didn't, didn't know what he was doing on the ground and wasn't going to, wasn't going to recover position. And it was just going to take damage. So I have no complaints about the, the stoppage. Yeah. I, I'm just saying I, overall a pretty good card, you know, some good, um, good matchmaking. The top fights turned out to be not disappointing or, uh, What's the word? I suppose depressing in any way. So a win-win, and I'm looking forward to seeing their uh, their next card. Um, right, let's talk about next week's UFC. Graham, <laughs> yeah, anything stand out for you in that undercard? The undercard? Oh, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, nothing really stands out. There's a couple of fights where like could go either way, but there's no jeopardy. You know, there's no. Uh, there's no consequence to most of these fights immediate consequence to, mo- to most of these fights um, even on the main card yeah it's not a great card at all yeah um, I'm struggling here like I'm struggling for even a, a fight that I care about like a fight that I want to see I'm struggling very much struggling like, so the Julian Arosa for Stephen Peterson fight yeah. you know that could be a good there's, there's, there's some potentially good fights here but it's just a lack of the lack of jeopardy like uh, I always come back to this there needs to be some kind of consequence or you're watching a prospect and seeing oh he's getting tested against this certain style Can, will, will we see some adversity what will he look like you know just you're struggling looking at the card you're kind of struggling to see any of that you know uh, even in the main event there's, yeah, there's not much on the line obviously you know there is something on the line for, for, these, for the individuals involved and stuff like that but as a stuff that's actually going to have consequences for the top of the divisions or for the, the near future divisions it's hard to see maybe we're missing out somebody maybe somebody's going to come out here and you know one of these guys in a few years or in a few fights will be fighting for the championship but it's it's looking at it it's hard to know who's that, who, who that is going to be but yeah, on paper this card just doesn't look good at all there isn't there isn't yeah. anything that stands out at all like the common event is Punahele Soriano, who has been good. He's looked good recently, but he's fighting Nick Maximov, who's out of the Nick Diaz Academy, who's 1-0 in the UFC with a, a decision win. It's like, are either of these two guys, like, are, maybe they will be great fighters. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but, like, are they at the moment? Even if they are two really good prospects, like, did, should that be the co-main event right now? I don't know. But it probably should be in this car. I actually like Phil Haas versus Sam Alvey. That's an interesting enough fight. Like, can Haas land a big shot? He probably can. It'll probably be a boring Sam Alvey decision, like always. Look, I do like uh, uh, Rachmanov. He's 14. Rachmanov, I think yeah, he's I the say. one guy, you know, that, that stands out. He's very, very good. But, uh, like, there's a guy who's 3 and on. But is he going to be tested here, you know? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Miles Johns on the card. He's pretty good against John Castaneda. I think, you know, 135. I think that'll probably be the fight of the night. But that Peterson Rose has not a bad fight. Like, some of these could be good fights. Absolutely. As you said there, we could... And, and it's not that we'll be wrong, but we could be coming on here next We could Sunday have eight and, knockouts, three submissions, yeah, you know, we're fighting... Yeah, but they don't matter. What's the consequences? Yeah, like, they don't matter. This, it's... Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where if it is a great card, no one will watch it because <laughs> there's nothing to watch it for, apart from the main event, obviously. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about that main event. Uh, Jack Manson versus Sean Strickland. Uh, you know, Sean Strickland's a fucking nutcase, um, but he's looked good in these recent fights in a very kind of unorthodox, boxing-orientated way, which I didn't know was possible in MMA, but it, it is. Uh, Jack Manson, one of the best athletes uh, in that weight division, I think, and wouldn't be hard for him because 185 is so shit. Um, I, I assume Hermanson will be looking for big takedowns early and landing big shots over the top and stopping Strickland from getting into his boxing rhythm. And if he can't do that, Strickland will probably land a lot of shots over five rounds. He seems like he's great cardio and, and maybe win a decision or win it late. But 
I, I'm really looking forward to that fight. You know, the the, the main event, and, uh, it's not often I do look forward to a 185 fight as it's a fucking trash division, I think. Uh, but, ah. Uh, I don't know. How, how do you think that one will go? I actually don't yeah, know how it will I go. I think Hermanson needs to come hard hard early because oh. if Sean Strickland kind of slips into his style of, of like sparring match and point fighting and just edging it around, it could be just a boring sparring session kind of fight and Strickland winning the decision. So, yeah, I think Hermanson's got to kind of go out there and uh, not let Strickland get into his rhythm early and try and, you know, do some damage early. But I, I expect probably... Strickland will probably win win the round enough rounds to win a decision in this. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It is about that rhythm and stopping that rhythm from starting. You know, he cannot let Sean Strickland run this fight. He cannot let him take the center and box him up and put him on the, the end of that jab. I just don't think he can. If he does, it'll be a tough one. But Hermanson has, you know, it's not as if he's out of it like that, but he's... I think it'll be a big, big disadvantage for him if that does happen. But, you know, um, he has those big takedowns. He has those big shots. He has a, a very good submission game. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, two very experienced guys as well. 28 fights for Hermanson, 27 fights for Strickland. So you don't get much more uh, experience than that at this sort of level. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And it should be a, it should be a very, very fun one. Um, no Bellator next week. There's an LFA card coming up. Uh, LFA one two three, uh, you know, with a main event for the one hundred and thirty five pounds six and zero Daniel Argueta against uh, Marion Santos, who's twelve and zero. So, uh, you know, Askar Askar as well. He's a name I think people are looking out for. He's twelve and two. Uh, he's fighting in the co-main event there, so I'm sure there's some uh, some good up and comers uh, there as well. We have to mention as well, um, the Irish team this week had a great week. Uh, over at the uh, uh, World Amateur Championships, the IMAFs. Um, there were some real standouts from the likes of Max Lally, who ended up getting injured, uh, and many others as well. And they won four medals altogether. Uh, Nadine Abbott Bissett from Team Rhino won gold. I know Paul Redmond was talking about her before. He was saying she's definitely going to win gold, and she did. Andy Ryan came on uh, the, the podcast with the lads, the old triangle, and said the, the, the ladies are going to do really well. And he was absolutely dead right. Three medals. Uh, Kyle Sullivan from CMAC uh, won, won silver. And CMAC always have really, really good amateurs. Uh, you know, her her brother is Alexander O'Sullivan, I believe, you know, and he's one of Ireland's best amateurs ever, probably. You know, he's fought an amateur for a long time. Uh, Ava Cruz from SBG HQ as well won bronze, as did Paul Buckley from MMA Cork. So four medals, I think there were sixth or seventh on the medal table. Andy Ryan, I know, had it up today. Uh, so really, really good stuff from there. If you want to see a review of the first two days, there's a video up now on the Severe MMA YouTube. The lads from the Old Triangle uh, came onto it. So, and also, if you want to hear a full review of the whole card, the Old Triangle will be out again in, what is it, next week or the week after? Maybe they're doing an episode every three weeks. Uh, so uh, subscribe to, to them over there on, uh, on Spotify and SoundCloud and all things like that. And the episode will be up on the Severe MMA YouTube as well. So uh, they're, them lads are doing a great job of... Um, uh, of covering the amateur side and the, the local side of Irish MMA as well. You know, we've done it for uh, years and years here and we will continue to talk about it in this podcast. It's not like we're going to give it up and they'll be the only ones talking about it. We'll continue to talk about it as well. But we need more. You know, we need more coverage and more talk about uh, certain things and certain parts of the sport. And that's exactly what you'll get uh, over there with the with the old triangle. As well as on Patreon, sign up patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. Um, some, uh, some very good stuff coming out this week. Myself and Harry have three episodes of the Speaker's Corner ready to go. They'll be out every Wednesday, Graham. Oh, I must actually edit your... Uh, <laughs> I'm reminding myself. I must edit your podcast this week. You have Joe McCulgan on a Wednesday to talk about the 10 years of, uh, of severe MMA. You had friends on last week. Uh, you've had Artem on. You've had John Kavanaugh on. You've had Owen Roddy on. Pindred. Uh, Chris Fields Chris and others Fields, as well. Yeah. yeah, some fantastic stuff there. So uh, you can get all those a thousand episodes this week. A thousand episodes. Uh, the Franz Malambo one was a thousand episode to go up on Patreon. So for a fiver, you can get all thousands, every one of them. Uh, with more to come every week. So patreon.com forward slash severe podcast or just go severe forward slash points p i n t s. Price of the point a month, and you'll get all of that. It's fantastic stuff. Fantastic. And if you're listening to this. 
on the first. If you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this before the first, don't sign up yet. Wait until tomorrow, and then your fiver will be taken. You'll get the whole month for the for that fiver, so, or else you'll get charged two fivers, I think. So don't do that. We don't want to be robbing you of a fiver for fucking one day. So don't, unless you want to give us two fivers. Didn't do it. It'd be great. But, uh, yeah. Uh, that it, Graham. Anything any more to say? We got a good hour out of it anyway, even though there was no UFC and nothing major happened. So we managed to talk shite for an hour. But any crack? Yeah. Uh, not, not really. This is kind of no, no, um, club football on this weekend. So there, there's, there's, I don't there's know. No it's a bit strange. Either, I suppose though, for a Man United fan, it's probably a relief. But, uh, relief, yeah, relief. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, isn't it kind of stupid that every team basically had a break, yet they're still doing the mid season break? Just senseless. Absolutely, since well, I think a lot of teams didn't though. Uh, some teams did, but a lot, a lot of teams didn't. A lot of teams had a couple of days that the training ground was was closed and it wasn't really a break. But uh, yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, had that, I think didn't they? They, yeah. they did a great job getting that training ground closed. Well, Liverpool down. didn't call off any Premier League games, so uh, yeah. Uh, Other bad. teams called them off, um, but uh, yeah, I think you know Man United obviously had that little you know, mid-break when when uh, Ralph came in. And, Obviously, it didn't really work out too well, but yeah, I think Man United would be happy with another little break to try and change things up again. So, hopefully, it doesn't work out for Man United, but I, I think it might. Uh, it might be a good thing for for Man United uh, to have this break. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we we will uh, we leave it there. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all of those places wherever you're listening to it. Uh, it be a lot to us we really really appreciate it and share this as well there's if you're ever you're watching there's probably a little share button just click that share it go to twitter tag at sean sheehan ba tag at severe may at severe may pod as well and uh we will we will share that our, our instagram as well is taken off uh ian and quilsha and andy have done a great job this week on the instagram there's lots of great stuff all the highlights from the imafs apart from the the biggest one uh are, are all up there now so uh check them out right now follow at severe mma.com so d-o-t-c-o-m on uh, on instagram so yeah there you go graham what is your inspirational slash not very inspirational quote of the week to take us out okay take me out tonight where there's music and there's people and they're young and alive take me out tonight is that that one there's music and there's people who are young and alive <laughs> fucking he's rubbish anyway good luck we'll see you all sure, your favourite band the killers cover his songs because he's so good so. they're the best the killers yeah. are the best <laughs> why right. don't you find out for yourself killers cover of a uh, Marcy song I listened to it right go on good luck see you, see you Graham see you everyone we'll see you all next week good luck bye next Tuesday